KTN. Connecting for positive change. So welcome everyone to the third episode of the Battery Cafe, focusing on market trends for solid state batteries. I'm Nicoletta Piperidou from the Clean Energy and Infrastructure team at KTN, hosting today's episode alongside my colleague, Sheena Hindota. Hi, Sheena. Hi, Nicoletta. Hi, everyone. It's great to be back. I'm Sheena Hindocha from KTN's Chemistry and Industrial Biotechnology team. Thank you. The Battery Cafe is an initiative of the Cross-Sector Battery Systems Innovation Network, a community funded by KTN and the Faraday Battery Challenge. So the Innovation Network aims to open new markets for the battery industry, promote innovation in batteries and help decarbonize a wide range of end users. So if you haven't already, please go check out our online platform at uh, ukbatteriesnetwork.org. You'll find lots of useful material and our first two episodes on investment in batteries and battery recycling. Today with us, two very special guests, Adrian Tylim, Head of Business Development Americas at Blue Solutions. Hi, Adrian. Hello, everybody. Uh, Sheena, Nicoletta, thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be with you. John as well. I'm glad uh, we are here together. Uh, my name is Adrian Tylem. I head Blue Solutions Business Development in North America. Thank you very much. And also with us today, John Tinson, VP of Sales at ILICA. Hi, John. Hello, and again, it's a real pleasure to uh, to be here today. Um, Ilica itself is a, is a UK-based stock market listed uh, developer of solid state technology. I'm the sales and marketing director at the uh, the company, um, uh, with a number of sort of early stage um, tech startups sort of behind me. Uh, but uh, this is my new reincarnation in the in the battery sector. <laughs> Fantastic, thank you, and. Um, so everyone, thank you for listening to us and make yourself a coffee and join us for this interesting discussion. So let's start from the beginning. Today, we're talking about solid state batteries. John, what are solid state batteries and what properties do they have that make them competitive with lithium ion and other batteries? Well, clearly they're hoping to be a bit more than just competitive, but um, one little misnomer is they're not necessarily fully solid, or at least in their early stages, they are quite likely to to contain gel or polymer, uh, or maybe even separator layers. So they they're not as solid as as you might uh, fully assume. But the um, the idea behind them is to be up to twice as energy dense as the existing technology, um, and uh, and that of course can be used by the OEM in a number of ways. It could be used as a lightweighting method. You could have a battery pack which is simply smaller um, or, or you could have a battery pack which is simply more powerful but the the solid nature of them um, makes them safe they, they they're used of, of safe materials there's no liquid which become flammable um, and so the, the there's a safety aspect there's a, a density aspect and there is the anticipation although not necessarily fully proven yet of a faster charge rate and faster discharge rate um, so there's a lot of things to like about solid state in in view of um, electric vehicles um, and um, a lot of high hopes behind them. That's super interesting. Thanks, John. And I guess that kind of brings us to the key question that everyone really asks around solid state batteries at the moment. Are they commercially viable today? And how far are we from market penetration to the level of lithium ion batteries? I don't know, Adrian, if you have um, a perspective on that. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. So, uh, Blue Solutions is, uh, is part of a very large uh, French group, the Polaroid Group. 
And uh, in reality, we have been uh, commercializing uh, battery packs uh, for mobility applications using thousands of electric cars, trucks, buses. Um, and uh, so it's, uh, it's a really, it's commercial uh, product that is ready for the market. Uh, and uh, in terms of uh, the chemistry itself, uh, in, uh, in our uh, case, uh, it's based on, uh, first of all, we use plastic extrusion techniques, uh, ultra thin films, and uh, all of the components of the battery, all the layers are solid. Okay, so as uh, in difference to some of, uh, um, of the solid state uh, uh, products that may be coming up in the market, ours is totally solid and it's made out of uh, a dual electrolyte that is a solid electrolyte as well. Uh, so, um, there are applications there. We are installing them. We have large uh, OEMs like Daimler, for example, using them in, the, in their buses. The first all-electric uh, bus line in Paris uh, uses our uh, commercially available all-solid-state packs. And there are over 100 buses there. And then we have applications all over the world deployed in a cold and hot uh, environments. Thank you very much uh, for this overview. and. Um... You may recall that uh, Blue Solutions and ILCA, as well as other organizations, recently participated in, in a two-day UK-Canada Solid State Summit um, in collaboration with the British High Commission in Canada, the Faraday Institution in the UK, and the National Research Centre in Canada. And uh, Sheena, I recall that at the end of this two-day summit, you said, I loved it, wish we could do more on next-generation batteries. What is it that fascinates you about next generation batteries and was there a key learning from the summit? <laughs> yeah, I did really enjoy it. I think it's the inorganic chemist in me. Just loved hearing about new developments in this space. So I think it was really interesting to hear about how researchers are actually utilizing machine learning and big data analytics to explore new chemistries, materials and structures and to use that to understand how particle size, crystallinity, conductivity will play a role. Where that balance lies, you know, you want performance out of your battery. And how do these things impact the performance and where can we make move, moves forward? And um, John's also mentioned about polymers and solid state batteries. And we actually heard a lot about how new polymers are being developed for use in solid state batteries. And also how new manufacturing processes are being explored and developed. There's just so much research and development going on in this space. It actually feels like a really exciting time at the moment. So, Adrian, you've mentioned a couple of the applications already of solid-state batteries, and you, you mentioned some of the vehicles. Are there other areas where solid-state batteries actually better suited in certain sectors to other batteries? Yes, uh, thank you for the question, Sheena. So, I think that it depends on the... Uh, uh, depends on the type of product, the chemistry, and obviously the application is, uh, is, is very unique. There is no battery that is suited for uh, to solve everybody's needs, all right? So we have the case of uh, uh, health care products, uh, you know, uh, electronics, pacemakers, that kind of thing, you know, like uh, John's company is making, which is a, a fascinating, actually, uh, a, I would say, application. In our case, we have um, been focusing on the mobility, as I mentioned, but also we have uh, been deploying in uh, energy storage to integrate, to integrate renewable energy. And a key to uh, our, our technology particularly is that it operates hot without the need of cooling. So whether you're on a vehicle, you don't need cooling. That means a simpler design for the vehicle itself. In the case of uh, 
where most of our uh, deployments have been, say, in Africa, for example, it has a high tolerance uh, to, uh, to temperatures, hot temperatures, as well as cold temperatures. So there's a wider applicability in terms of uh, operating temperature range without uh, the type of uh, limitations you say that lithium-ion may have. And uh, so, uh, so those are some, we have several microgrids, more than 30 microgrids providing energy to uh, uh, remote villages in Africa. And then we have integration, uh, we're building right now a large uh, um, uh, site uh, for uh, the French renewable uh, transmission operator, where we're integrating renewable energy to help with the variation, the variability, if you will, of uh, the production of renewable energy into the grid. Thank you very much for that. Um, and John, let's look at the market more closely. What are the market trends for solid state batteries in, in Europe? What are the key highlights? Looking at it from a, um, two things, I guess, from, from the OEMs, the car OEMs, but also from the technology developers. And, and there's quite a, a split here and, and um, a split in the, in the style, I, I guess, of how Europe might go about developing something compared to maybe America, America being more sort of VC orientated, um, um, and then maybe China and, and, um, and Japan. And, and, and there's very different contrasts in the way the technology is coming to market. Uh, the European style of funded collaboration um, maybe the Astrobat project uh, might be an example of that, where you get quite a big number of companies, um, uh, maybe in the case of Astrobat, 14 different companies, um, and you develop something. Well, this has issues of speed. It has issues of the money gets divided up between too many companies, perhaps, uh, and there could be some IP issues. So what we've seen is that although there is a, a, a good amount of activity in Europe in development of solid state, um, we're also seeing um, it's going quite slowly, whereas in America, you get the quantum scape or, or, or the solid power and in, and in China, maybe Weilion and Prologium, um, you get this faster pace of, 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 of activity. So sadly, um, I think Europe is going more slowly in the development. And what that has meant is that the large companies, VW, BMW, um, Renault, etc., and Daimler as well, have typically had to look to America or look uh, you know, to quantum scape, to, to, to solid power, to other uh, Quebec hydro. They've had to look elsewhere because I think the speed of, the, of, of pace in Europe in developmental terms is not necessarily fast enough. It's a long game, and of course, over a period of time, Europe can catch up. Um, but it, its methodology is different from that sort of energy that you get from the VC-backed American style. That's really interesting, John. I don't know, Adrian, if you have a comment on that, because John's mentioned the US and, and um, Canada. How is that speed of development different over there? Yeah, so so what I've seen, and I'm following with, with, with John's comments, they have been literally billions of dollars poured into startups of solid uh, state batteries in the last few years and that created a lot of hype and the perception that these startups have a commercially available product and the reality is that it takes a long long time to develop a, a uh, i would say the infrastructure for a giga a factory capabilities we've been uh, we have uh, 25 years of r d we've been uh, commercializing our product for 10 years and we know that going from a, uh, a lab sample to a commercial product and then building the infrastructure to build at a giga factory level is extremely, extremely complex. So as a result of that, we see that there is a lot of confusion in the market and we see that people you know, don't, don't quite understand is technology here, is it not there? And we're trying to prove again, you know, that we've been doing this for 10 years with a product that actually has uh, propelled vehicles, for example, more than 300 million kilometers. So there's extensive uh, 
expertise, experience, and demonstration that the product works. Uh, at least, you know, in North America, that's uh, how I see it. Thank you. Um, and John, you touched a little bit on uh, global trends, but more specifically, what's happening across the globe and is Asia a key market for solid-state batteries? Well, obviously, Asia is, is the, the key market for battery production uh, in, the, in the first place. But in terms of developmental, uh, of course, one of the people that started the earliest in all of this was probably Toyota. Um, and, and also being quite a conservative company, they probably are ahead, but you wouldn't necessarily know it because they, they wouldn't have to announce it because they're Toyota. They will bring it to market when they are ready to bring it to market. Whereas if you're talking about an IPO um, funded company like QuantumScape, they have to talk about things. They have to make a big splash and a big sound. And so it can sound like things are moving slowly in one area and fast in other areas, but this is more a feature of funding than it is of technology. Um, and, and likewise, the, the Chinese would like to bring things to market quicker. Therefore, they may use more polymer, more liquid. It's not quite as solid as, a, as a, maybe a solid state product should be, but it's actually maybe going to come to market quicker. So there's different things happening. And then like, again, the the big sort of um, uh, developers of batteries, the big you know, giants that are developing batteries, uh, they're not necessarily going to rush to market a product which is going to replace the product they've already got. Um, they're more likely to be, again, quite conservative about how they might introduce something which might eat away at their own market share or their own technology. So there's lots of business and commercial other reasons why technologies might take some time and why you might hear more things coming from one sector or one part of the world than from other parts of the world. But I think the consensus really, nothing much is going to come. Obviously, Adrian's got products on the market already, but I'm talking in a general sense, 2025 onwards might be a time for um, you know, things to go onto cars in, in a more mainstream way. Um, uh, but realistically, gigafactories, and Adrian made a very good point, there's a massive journey between your first prototypes and, and, and something going into a gigafactory and being reliably manufactured. And that really is towards the end of the 2020s before we start, I think, to see gigafactories producing solid state batteries that go on to passenger cars at, at some scale. Um, so it, it is a journey, but there will be other applications in transportation and in non-transportation well before then to test the reliability and to test the scale and to test the production. So it's going to be a fascinating space. Thank you very much, John, and, and thank you all for your excellent insights. I, I have one last question. So, five years from today, how do you think different battery technologies will have progressed? Do you think that there is a, a split between different solutions? Is there another battery technology that's really up and coming? So, let's start with you, um, John. Well, I think even within solid state, there are, there are many different types of technology being developed and they will all have a different business outcome and a different technical outcome and therefore might find their way onto different products. So you know, we at Illica are looking at oxide-based um, electrolyte materials, but we're also perhaps more unusually looking at silicon anodes, pure silicon anodes. Uh, a lot of people are chasing you know, lithium metal anodes or anodeless designs. And then some people are looking at sulfide-based electrolytes. Well, all of these are going to create a different outcome, which you might find a particular application better suits or a particular manufacturing method better suits. So I think even staying within you know, solid state batteries, there, there are you know, probably 10 different outcomes giving 10 different solutions uh, and each of them will have its own merits and demerits. And yes, a long way down the line, there might be some consolidation uh, because one methodology might prove probably more commercial than others, um, but that will still leave the others to be used on different applications if they are better solution orientations in that application. So 
you know, Adrian may comment on even wider than solid state, but even within solid state, there are so many different variations of what's being developed. Thank you. And Adrian, any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, they are competing in storage technologies that go, you know, uh, they're very broad in terms of applicability uh, from potential energy, kinetic energy, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, you know, just uh, coming back to the solid state, which I think that is where most of the, uh, the focus is. Uh, first of all, I wouldn't discount lithium ion. I think that will continue, you know, to grow. Um, however, I think that it will plateau in terms of performance. Now, in terms of solid state, we're actually we're manufacturing right now the third generation of our solid state product. So for us, it's an evolutionary progress, if you will, in terms of the improvements. And we see ourselves in line with the timeline that John described, 2025 perhaps, to have a product that is available for the passenger market that requires a higher density than lithium ion, at room temperature and fast charging applications. We see that we're going to meet that without a problem. And we're actually talking to OEMs and, and various companies uh, to try to align our product with their needs. Thank you very much. So Thank you to our brilliant guests and thank you all for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. And don't forget to visit our online hub on ukbatteriesnetwork.org and register to receive our news and updates and participate in the networking area of the hub. Our next episode will focus on batteries for off-highway vehicles. Till the next time. Bye. KTM. Connecting for positive change.